Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. So my brother sent me, just before we get take calls, I just want to read this. Uh, um, he sent me something that he was writing. My brother's a veteran, and he was in... Uh, he was in Vietnam, uh, and he uh, he suffered uh, he suffered a lot. He suffered well, right now. He's got uh, Parkinson's disease, pretty serious, um, from, from the Agent Orange. They think that you know any of the veterans that were in Vietnam and and got Parkinson's disease, are automatically get Agent Orange uh, or get uh, benefits for for the Agent Orange, and it's, it's uh, the cause of uh, a lot of a lot of uh, Vietnam veterans have Parkinson's disease. Uh, so my brother Davis, uh, you know, struggled with that, but he's uh, he's found himself. His Parkinson's uh, brought him to God. It's really an amazing uh, story. Uh, he wrote he's he's written a book about it, from darkness to light, uh, which is a, a Balboa Press book that uh, you know I wrote the forward to and so on. And this is my brother. This is the guy that I lived with through all the years in the orphanage and the foster homes and so on. And uh, you know, we were very, very close. We slept in the same bed until we were about 16 years of age, and um, you know, we were uh, inseparable. And then he went one direction and became a became a pretty severe alcoholic. Um, but when he got Parkinson's disease, he um, he gave up drinking, and he had been drinking every single day for over 50 years and smoking camels, two packs a day or more of, wow. of camels. Yeah, so he had a very, very toxic life and so on. And uh, when this Parkinson's hit, it's like, you always know, say that sometimes the, the, the obstacles, the struggles, the most the toughest things in our lives are, this, are the things that open the door to a whole new kind of awakening. And that's what happened for him. He, he started writing and he started going to, to church. He said he found God. He's a deacon in a church now. I mean, this is somebody who, after Vietnam and the, and the horrors of what it was like for him, he was a medical, uh, uh, you know, he was an enlisted man, but he was in charge of, an, of a hospital group there because all the other uh, the doctors and so on had been killed. He went through a very, very tough time um, emotionally. Didn't, and when he came out of Vietnam, he didn't talk for you know, he, he won the Bronze Star, for which is the fourth highest award for bravery in battle. And uh, I didn't even know it for 37 years. Um, he had never even told us. Anyway, he sent me this that he saw on the, uh, I don't know if it was on the Internet or someplace, but uh, I just thought I'd share it with the audience. Um, one day a teacher asked her students uh, to list the names of the other students in the room uh, on two sheets of paper, uh, leaving a space between each name. Um, then she told them to think of the nicest thing that, uh, that they could say about each and every one of their classmates and to write it down. It took the remainder of the class period to finish their assignment, and as the students left the room, each one handed in the papers. That Saturday, the teacher wrote down the names of each student on a separate sheet of paper and listed what everyone else had said about that individual. On Monday, she gave each student his or her list. The entire class was smiling. Really, she, she heard whispered, I never knew I meant uh, so much to anyone, and uh, I didn't know others liked me so much, were most of the comments. No one ever mentioned those uh, papers in class again. She never knew if they discussed them after class or with their parents, but it didn't matter. The exercise had accomplished its purpose. The students were happy with themselves and one another. That group of students moved on. Several years later, one of the students was killed in Vietnam and his teacher attended the funeral of that special student. She had never seen a serviceman in a military coffin before. He looked so handsome, so mature, 
The church was packed with his friends. One by one, those who loved him took a last walk by the coffin. The teacher was the last one to bless the coffin. As she stood there, one of the soldiers, who acted as a pallbearer, came up to her. Were you Mark's math teacher? he asked. She nodded yes. Then he said, Mark talked about you a lot. After the funeral, most of Mark's former classmates went together for a luncheon. Mark's mother and father were there, obviously waiting to speak with the teacher. We want to show you something, his father said, taking a wallet out of his pocket. They found this on Mark when he was killed. We thought you, we thought you might recognize it. Opening the billfold, he carefully removed two worn pieces of notebook paper that had obviously been taped, folded, and refolded many times. The teacher knew without looking that the papers were the ones on which she had listed all the things each of Mark's classmates had said about him. Thank you so much for doing that, Mark's mother said. As you can see, Mark treasured it. All of Mark's former classmates started to gather around. Charlie smiled rather sheepishly and said, I still have my list. It's in the top drawer of my desk at home. Chuck's wife said, Chuck asked me to put him in a, put this in our wedding album. I have mine too, Marilyn said. It's in my diary. Then Vicki, another classmate, reached into her pocketbook, took out her wallet, and showed her worn and frazzled list to the group. I carry this with me at all times, Vicki said. And without batting an eyelash, she continued, I think we all saved our list. That's when the teacher finally sat down and cried. She cried for Mark and for all his friends that would never see him again. The density of people in society is so, so thick that we forget that life will end one day, and we don't know when that day will be. So please tell the people you love and care for that they are special and important. Tell them before it's too late. I just thought that was such a beautiful message. Wow, that is uh, and beautiful. What a wonderful, yeah, and what a wonderful thing to do in a classroom because... I remember years ago, I, I, I came across some research in some of my reading, and I jotted it down, and I used this in a lot of my earlier talks, uh, that there's a tribe in the northern part of uh, South Africa where whenever anybody in the tribe um, gets out of line, misbehaves, starts acting crazy, you know, does things that are inappropriate, whatever it might be, gets angry, lashes out at people, whatever, that everybody in the tribe um, would gather around and they would put the person in the middle of the uh, of the circle and everybody in the circle and everybody in the tribe would go around and say to this recalcitrant troublemaking person sitting in the center what they liked about him and what they loved about him and um, rather than all of them pointing out all the things they didn't like and the things that were wrong um, they, they just con con consistently would tell them how wonderful they are, how much they were treasured, what they liked about them, and so on. And, uh, and that would end the, uh, you know, the, the problem. And they had almost no disciplinary problems in, the, in this particular tribe because the focus was always on uh, looking at what you like, looking at what's positive, instead of con continuously looking out from behind your eyeballs and seeing people uh, the way you think they should be or seeing, you know, and expecting the world to be different than, uh, than it really is. And sending love um, and appreciation to people. That, uh, that story, I don't know if it's a true story or if it's apocryphal. It's, uh, it, my, my brother sent it to me, but I think it's got, a, it's got a lot of implications. And you school teachers out there who might be listening, what a wonderful idea to do uh, in a classroom, especially in a classroom where everybody knows each other, to let them hear the things that people don't say enough about how much they're they're loved and how much they're treasured and so on. I love and that I learned story. this lesson. 
Yeah, I learned this lesson uh, personally years ago with one of my children who was having uh, some uh, issues with uh, prescription drugs. And um, what I did, I don't know how long ago this was, 20-some years ago, um, uh, I, I called a family meeting, and I had everybody in the family tell this person, one of my children, um, how upsetting it, it made, how upset it made them to see uh, her behaving in these ways, and the impact that it had on them, and the impact that it had on mom and on dad and on the family and so on. And each person, as they would go around, um, would would be saying, uh, you know, negative things to this person, and just reinforcing perhaps the reasons why these pre prescription drugs were being uh, used in the first place. And uh, it was a very important lesson for me to learn that uh, if I were to do that over, and I did do it over later, uh, is to put that same person in the room. And instead of having everybody point out what you don't like and what's wrong and what's missing and, and how you're hurting everybody else and so on, but instead to uh, say to, uh, to that person, have each person talk about all the things about them that they love, the things that, that they treasure, you know, that they remember about them. So that came out of my own learning experience, and I just thought I wanted to share that here this morning because so often, so many of the calls that we take here on the radio show are um, uh, a reflection of the, 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 the one thing that I think everybody out there wants. Everybody wants to know that they are loved, you know. And, you know, that story about him carrying that around with him for his whole life, it's like whenever he would have any doubts about that, he would, op you know, open that uh, little piece of paper that he carried and... and be reminded about how valuable he is, how loved he is, how terrific he is. We all need to know that. And I think if we did that, not only could we change the consciousness in our families, but we could change it in our communities, in our country, which God knows needs uh, a lot of bringing together. We, we've become the divided states of America instead of the United States of America. And, um, and the same thing globally and in the world, um, because with what's going on in Gaza today and what's, uh, you know, with planes being shot down out of the air, and uh, um, we, we've got to look within and, and, and find, you know, in our neighbors and in our people, especially the ones that annoy us, um, what about them that we love rather than what about them that we hate? It's a good way to focus in our life. As I mm, say in my stationery, you know, loving people live in a loving world and hostile people live in a hostile world. And it's the same world. It's the same world. Just decide what kind of person you're going to be. That's so anyway, true. Anyway, that's my little story. <laughs> well, I like morning. that for a couple of reasons. I mean, it's a great message. And, of course, uh, a teacher, which is near and dear to my heart because my mother was a, a teacher for mm -hmm. a lot of years. And my sister is uh, an assistant principal in South Florida right now. Ah. And they're in such a, a great position to be in to to do these kind of things, you know, right. to get people thinking that way instead of kids slam, slamming each other on Facebook, you mm. know, instead. Yeah, and there's a lot of that, people that cyber up, you know? kind of bullying, mm -hmm. isn't there? I mean, you hear so much about it. You hear about young people taking their lives and, you know, in, in the frustration and the outrage at, uh, at just not feeling that they're loved or being, you know, made fun of or whatever. And if you really looked deep within, you know, each person, uh, we always, there's always something that we love very much about, uh, you know, about everyone. So. And if you can't get to love, try compassion. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm work, I've been working on that a lot myself mm. um, with people that are, quote, difficult, you know, mm. in, in my world and yeah. trying to see their reality from, from their point of view. And sometimes yes. it looks different when mm. you see it from that side. Right. St. John of the Cross, uh, who was a, a 16th century Spanish mystic um, um, and a saint in the, in the Catholic Church, 
um, was the person who really coined the term the dark night, dark night of the soul, said that um, he had one quote that I've always remembered. He said, where there is no love, put love and you will find love. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.